the word of God is true, amen? And, uh, you know, the Lord's been impressing upon my heart a lot lately um, just how good he is and all the riches that are afforded in him. And yet, listen to a sermon by Leonard Ravenhill when he said that uh, I think if we were to come in to heaven for five minutes and just gaze upon eternity and see all of the riches that were afforded by Christ, we would just bow our heads and weep that we went to heaven as paupers. I was talking to my bride, uh, who is not here. First of all, let me backtrack. I want to encourage you guys to continue to pray for our pastor. I thank you for our pastor that he is able to get a break and to do this um, and to spend time with with his children. Um, But I can tell you guys uh, that when you come to the word of God with expectance and you come to see him move, the attack is unbearable. At least in my flesh it is. But God provides. And his his word will go forth in truth. I know that today. And I just want to encourage us, anytime we get to see pastor, to thank him just for everything that he puts in and, for, and thank his, his wife, Julie, and thank the kids because the attack doesn't stop. It does not stop. And I think as, as the Lord put this sermon on my, on my heart, he's, this has been on my heart for a while, but he's, he's put on my heart that what are we doing with our lives? There are so many people out there that are hurting. And we come in on, on a Sunday, and we get filled, and we worship, and we praise God, and we eat too many donuts, and we, we just, I'm not talking to you, Sam. Um, and we go to Bible studies, and our heads get big, but our hearts shrink. There needs to be a burden on our heart for the lost people of this world. There are people dying every single day, right now. I've been to more funerals than I want to go to, just here in this church. I think of my brother Paul, and just spending Christmas with him. And ministering to him and just being there and loving him. And two weeks later, he's gone. 41, I think. He didn't wake up that day thinking that. There's so many around us. There's so many people around us that that need Christ. And God gives us that vision. If we would just look with holy eyes. And see that there's hurting people all around us. It's not hard. Too many times we're stuck down in our phone though. Too many times we're just sitting here. Well, what's the next thing that I can do? The Packers are playing. 
or the Bears, if you, if you want to go that route. Trust me, it's been easier not to watch football this year as a Bear fan. We want to run out of church every Sunday and do things. But do they have eternal worth? God is ready to out, just to pour out his spirit upon us. I've seen many, many things in this church. I've been here since the beginning, and I can tell you something. The spirit of the church is growing and it's changed. And we have less than we had when we started. But we have more in the power of Christ. I remember at one of the churches that we had, one of the, one of the places that we went, we had an enormous, you know, uh, uh, what are they called? Somebody help me. Where Jamie's sitting at. Sound booth. Enormous. Many chords, many speakers, many this, many that. But honestly, the most blessing that it's been to me is to see it now. Simple. We got somebody playing piano. We got people up here singing our hearts out. And we got people truly worshiping God. And I praise God for that. Our pastor brings forth the message every single week. And something that the Lord's put on my heart is I love our time of fellowship. When we sit there and shake hands, it's almost hard to get you guys reeled back in. <laughs> but I love that. I do. But I know that there's people hurting in here. And while we put on a good face, we're broken inside. And we don't, we don't see that. We don't see it. It's just shake your hand, thank you very much, and I'm going to go on and I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to be depressed and I'm going to do these things. But God has called us to more than that. He didn't call us to live in depression. He didn't call us to live in anxiety. He didn't call us to live for ourselves. You cannot be lazy and be a Christian. Remember that. You cannot sit idly by and be a Christian. It is against our spiritual DNA. That does not live inside of us. What lives inside of us is the power of God. His word says that he doesn't give us a spirit of timidity, but he gives us a spirit of power. There's truth. And we have the truth, so why are we not going out and spreading that truth? I don't mean to belabor this anymore in this introduction, but uh, I'm worried for the American church. I am worried for us. Because as we can see, our country's changing, isn't it? How many of us gathered here to pray about the election that was coming up? A lot of us. Some of us got answers, some of us didn't. Or the answer we, we wanted, I guess. But we need to remember that the answers aren't coming from the White House. They're coming from God's house. And as we see these people just going 
and tearing up things and doing this stuff. We have the answer for them. We have the power that can change this country. But it's not going to happen if we just sit. I can guarantee you that. I was brought to Christ nine years ago, April 21st. I'll never forget it. But it happened years before of somebody being that minister to me. My sergeant on the police force planting a seed in my mind. I was so far away from the, from the Lord, I couldn't have been further. Started doing drugs in seventh grade. Drinking when I was 10. Pornography even younger. But God brought me to a spot in my life where he knew that I needed him. My wife was gone. My world was crumbling. And I was sitting in the room, in the back room of my parents' house. I'll never forget that day. And my wife sent me my first Bible. And she said, I hope this helps you with where you need to go. Not the words I wanted to hear. Because <laughs> in my mind, that just meant we're, it's over. We're done. So I took my gun and I put it in my mouth. But God saved me that night. came down and he touched me. A filthy wretch like myself who deserved nothing but hell. And I look, and I look at the life that he's given me now. Oh man, I cry every single time I see this. I look at the life that he's given me now and I wouldn't trade it for the world because I know the love of Jesus Christ. And I know he's put on my heart a burden for people. We are all called to the same thing. We are all called to go and make disciples among the nations. That is one thing that we are all called to do. I have different spiritual gifts than you do. I'm a finger, you're a hand, you're a foot. Who wants to be the foot, but somebody is. <laughs> Especially my feet, if you ask my wife. But we all have the same, the same calling, which is to love people and to go out and spread the gospel. And that's what he's put on my heart today. And it encourages me. I was talking to a friend, my friend Eric. He called me up, and uh, we keep in touch. He moved away. Some of you know Steinbach. And um, he had told me, you know, that he travels a lot for work, and he had said, you know, I just want to be doing what the Lord has me to do. And I said, well, praise God. And he said, I have good conversations on the planes that we go on. And uh, 
said that he was coming back from India, going to New, flying into the United States, going to New York. And he met a woman from China. And, he, and she, the conversation just started rolling as God does. And she said, it got onto the uh, topic of Christianity, and she said, I'm a Christian. And so Eric, any of us that know Eric, he just had to know. And he said, what is it like? He said, and she started to talk about the persecution that they face. See, a lot of times we end up going on missions trips and we end up doing things, and that's great. But I love to hear about the missions trips of people where, where people go, and it's not, yes, we're going to this place and we do this and this is great and thank you, Lord, and then we come back and we're not changed at all. We, we have that spiritual high and it doesn't affect us. But I love watching people that go and they face persecution on these trips and they see the deprived state of the, of, of the world. The Dursies are a perfect example. I love it because you can see the heart that God has given them to people. And so he asked her another question, and he said, what do you think of the American church? And she said, do you want my honest answer? And he said, yes. And she said, you guys are soft. She said, you guys water down the word to fit your life. You guys are too comfortable. And that's not the Jesus that we worship. He calls us into a completely different realm. But knowing this, that he does call us into this realm of trial and of hardship, I think of 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9. I just taught this to the youth. Your word will not come back, his word will not come back void, correct? Amen? And when we were teaching this to the youth, let me tell you something about our youth. They are getting on fire for God. They are facing challenges that we can't imagine. And they're asking real questions. And they want real answers, and they want to live by the Spirit of God, and I praise him for that. As our verses, don't let them look down on you because of your youth. Thank you, sister, for sending that to me. Don't let them look down on you because of your youth. And they don't. But he shows us, he shows us in that moment that we're going to face these trials. But this is the encouraging thing as we get ready to get into Acts chapter 4. Is that we're going to face trials. But he gives us a spirit that can, bat, that can combat those trials and everything that we face. And I'm going to pray before we get into the word. Lord, Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your son, Father God. Lord, let your word go forth in truth. As we look, Father God, challenge us, encourage us, and speak through me, Father. Get me out of the way. Let your word speak for itself. 
And, Father, I don't want this just to be something that, that comes about. I want this to change the lives of everybody in this room. Don't let us be the same, Father. We are new creatures. We are a new creation. Father, bless us as we study. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to start reading in Acts chapter 4. We'll start in verse 1. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed. Let me back up. Peter and John are preaching the word of God in this sermon, in this, in this section of scripture as we come to it. Now, before this, they were healing uh, people. We have the upper room, the day of Pentecost, where the spirit of God indwelt in them. And now, what happens immediately after that? After the spirit, they're in the upper room. What ends up happening is that they go out and they start proclaiming. They heal the lame uh, beggar in chapter 3. Peter gives his second sermon. And now that leads us here to Acts 4. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of them, of the men, came to be about 5,000. Verse 5. On the next day, the rulers and the elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all were of, who were of high priestly descent. When they, had, <clears throat> when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as, I'm sorry, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man <clears throat> who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had 
ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that I will not spend any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer in, to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot speak, I'm sorry, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. When they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing had been performed. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The king of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city, for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, verse 29, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders that take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. I know that's long. But there's just a few points that I want to point out in this, in this passage of Scripture that really stuck out to me as I was, as I was uh, looking at it and studying it. And it goes with exactly what we were talking about before. God wants to use us in a new way. He wants to use us in a way that we could never even imagine. Give us power that we can never even imagine. I told my wife, who's struggling with some things, and she said, I just feel like I can't get there. I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. How long? And I asked her, the first thing I asked her, I said, how much are you in your word? And how much are we praying? Because that's where the strength and the power comes from. We cannot expect 
to commune with God if we're not spending time with him. See, because we'll go run off. <laughs> Thanks, I'm, I'm preaching on Super Bowl Sunday, that's great. We'll go run off and do a lot of different things. We'll leave this place. Not all of them are bad. But we can't expect God to move in our lives if we spend five minutes with him and yet we spend four hours in front of the TV. We need to flip that. We need to seek his face. And that's the thing that he put on my heart today is I look at this. This is the church. And the same spirit that moved in power in Acts is the same spirit that lives inside of us. So why don't we see this happening? What is going on? Because I look, and in first, verse 4, but many of those who have heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. What an amazing truth. God wants us to preach his truth in love to people for one purpose. 2 Peter 3.9 says, the Lord does not wish that anyone should perish. That is his heart. And what is our heart? See, we get so preoccupied with the things of the world and the selfishness that lies within us. But we need to pray for God's heart. We all know people. I know it. We all have family members. Some of them may be you. That are not walking right with the Lord. Facebook is a terrible thing. But it shows us, doesn't it? It shows us the heart of people. You want to see what people are seeking after? Go to their Facebook page. See what their likes are. That's challenging to me. Because we all face trial. I bet you if I gave you guys a card, and I was thinking about doing this today, if I gave you guys a card and asked you to fill out a prayer request for yourself, no name, no nothing, we're just going to fill out that prayer request and hand them on in. And then I'm going to read them up here, and we're going to pray for them. You'd be shocked at what you hear. People are hurting. People are hurting more than you can imagine. But I look at verse 4. And I see that there was a power among these men. A power in the spirit of God that was able to see 5,000 people come to know him. And I just, it blows my mind to think that God would work in such a, a magnificent way. And as we go down... And see, the boldness of, of Peter and John is, is just unmistakable. When they're asking him, by what power and what name, this is verse 7, have you done this? 
Peter doesn't back down. Now, mind you, this is the same Peter that just a little bit before, what did he do? Denied him. What did all of them do? Ran away. They left him there. Just a short time ago, they left him. And now they're standing in front of him, if you will, in front of the judges. People with, with the most power. And they stand firm. And they say, by, by what power or what name have you done this? And then Peter, and don't miss this point. Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit, see, he brings it forth. We did good here. For the benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, and here's the truth, that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, who you've crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands before you in good health. And then you go down to verse 12. What does he say? And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That goes against everything that they believed. It goes against everything that they believed. I'm talking about Israel. But what happened? They, they didn't care. They stood firm because they were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And I've got to ask you guys that. Are we filled? Does our life reflect what we're seeing here? It's the same spirit, guys. When we go out into the world, when you're out at work, and I praise God, I got people from work here. Praise God, right? When you go out into the world, do they know that you stand firm? Do they know that you're different than the rest of the world? Or do they not? Do we just go through the motions? Because I tell you what, I know me. If I was standing in front of the Supreme Court and they were going to throw me in jail, oh, I pray that I would stand firm. And I know that God would give me that power. But I know it with everything inside of me that I'd be trembling. But they had the power, and not only the power, but they had the power to proclaim the truth of God. And I want to bring you to the next point here. I know Pastor Paul talked about... Uh, Julie, is Annie in here? I know he said he didn't want his, uh, his kids to know, but I'll just keep it with me. I was not a great student. I'm just a normal guy, overweight, four kids. And I look at what it says in verse 13. Now, as they observe the confidence of Peter and John, and understood 
that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. This is, the, this is one of my favorite verses. I can get excited and scream and shout and do cartwheels because of this verse. Because it gives me hope. They were untrained men, but they were amazed because they recognized them as being with Jesus. And this is the challenge that we all have. Are we spending that time with Jesus? Because when you are, people know it. It's like a fire. You don't have to advertise a fire. People just come running, right? Once you see that big blaze going, you don't have to sit there and say, wait, there's a fire over. No, everybody just goes. People stand around, they look. It's the same thing with us. When you're ablaze for God, people know it. And you attract people. And God will use you in that way. But that's the challenge that we have. Are we spending time with Christ? And as we fast forward and go into verse 20, Let me back up. In, in verse 13, he tells us right there, I kind of wrote down another passage of Scripture. It's, it's 1 Corinthians 1.27. God uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And he uses the weak to shame the strong. And I praise him for that. So that no man would boast. It's not anything about us. It has nothing to do with us. It is all about Christ. Verse 20 says that, for we cannot speak, cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Again, standing firm in their truth. They were so excited to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ and they didn't care what he did to them. But I don't want us to miss this point and I'm closing here. Verse 23 when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And essentially they went down and they began to pray. They didn't run to people of this world. They didn't say, hey, I'm going to have a beer at the bar and celebrate. They ran to be with other believers and to encourage one another. And they ran to that place and they started praising God. And prayer broke out. And it says that it broke out so much. And when they had prayed, 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. This is what God is calling us to do. I know that's kind of long, but this is what God is calling each and every one of us to do. He gives us that power to speak truth in love, but also boldness. But we need, we need, we need to come together and pray together as a family. 
I don't know about you guys, but I need you guys. I can't do this on my own. I cannot do this on my own. Because guess what? I get tired. I get worn down. I get tired. I work a lot of hours at work. My phone never stops ringing. They can attest to that. And then when I'm done with that, I have the calling that God has placed upon my heart, which is to minister to people, which is just to love them. You'd be surprised if you actually looked at people and asked them how they were doing and got the real answer. You'd be surprised how many people are hurting. It's an overwhelming majority. People that you would have never thought that they were unloved or thought that they were unloved that say, I'm not loved. But we know that there's, there's, we know that that's not right. Because here as a body, a body at Harbor Rock Tabernacle, we love each other. We've been here for each other. We've been here when people have died. We've been here rejoicing. We've been through so many things together. And we love each other. But even more so, God loves us. I don't know. Honestly, I was having a very hard time, more than I ever have, trying to prepare something. Studying and studying and studying. But one thing that God did put on my heart, and I want to give us a little time. I don't know what time it is. We're good. I'm not going to limit them anyway. (laughs) Is just what I said before. How many of us are hurting right now? Nobody? All right, good. We'll just, we'll go eat donuts and we'll go home and we'll watch the Super Bowl. How many of us are hurting right now? I I don't care if, if it's uncomfortable. Raise up your hands. How many of us are hurting this morning? Keep them raised. How many of us are hurting this morning, people? Look. Look around. This is the church of God. And we are hurting people. But we have the answer. We have so many hurts. Yes, you can put them down. Don't keep them up. I don't want you guys to be like Moses raising them up. We have so many hurts, guys. We're not leaving this place until we pray. I am not leaving this place until those hurts are met by the Spirit of God. Because I don't know what else to do. I, I have never, ever, ever made a good decision where things have come out by my own power. I will be the first one to tell you that. When I think it's right, it's kind of a joke now in our house. When I think it's right, we'll go the opposite way. 
when I know it's right because I've been in prayer and I've been seeking the Lord, you can't shake me. You can't. This is what he put on my heart. I thank him for his word. I thank him that he's faithful. I thank him that he's true. But this is what he put on my heart. We weren't going to have a message today. We were just going to pray. How many of you are ready to pray? I don't know what it's about. But honestly, this scares me. Because I know what church looks like. And this isn't going to look like church. I don't know what we're going to pray about. But I know we're going to pray with everything we have. 